Hello, and thank you for joining us here on the Neutral Zone. I am Phil Milani, joined as always by my trusty sidekick, my partner in crime. Really, the best way to describe this person is my everything. It's at Eric Delala. Phil, nice to be with you on another Victory Monday. Erica, cheers to a big Broncos victory. Oh, yours isn't even open. Oh, my pop God. Pop the top. Yeah, pop cheers. the top here. Eric, we are celebrating a Broncos victory over the Chargers at Breckenridge Brewery's Farmhouse. Trying to make it a farm home. Trying to make it a farm home. We are in Littleton off of a Santa Fe and Brewery Lane. That's right. We're here every Monday from 6 to 7. If you live in the Denver metro area, come on out and join us here. It's a, a great atmosphere every Monday night, Eric. Going head-to-head with Monday Night Football, but uh, if you're a Broncos fan. Kind of a rough game tonight. Oh, you think so? Yeah. Washington, Seattle. I'd rather be here. Yeah, talking Broncos. Talking Broncos, another dub. If you don't live in the Denver metro area and you're watching live on the Broncos YouTube page, please leave a question. Please leave a comment. And uh, we'll answer those. We'll talk about whatever you want us to talk about on this episode because this episode of The Neutral Zone is all about NZ Nation. All about NZ Nation. And, Phil, let me just say I'm a little confused. Oh. Normally I try to know what's going on. I do my best. you're confused. I'm confused because two weeks ago I was told the sky was falling. Oh, yeah. I was told everything was terrible. I was told the Broncos' season was over after a loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. It ain't over. It ain't over, but that's it, it, the mood, the atmosphere in the city changes weekly. Yeah, like, kind of like your mood. No, my mood changes Daily, by the hour. by the hour. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, of course, after our Broncos win, everything is... We're going to Kansas City for first place in the division. The, you know, waking up this morning, you know, like colors were more saturated, <laughs> food tasted a little bit better, you know, everything just, you know... Always good in this day and age to be able to taste your food. Yeah, that is true, Eric. Let's not joke about it. I was making a, a oh. positive, a serious statement. Well, we got a lot to talk about with this Broncos team. I mean, it's true. What a roller coaster of a game, you know? I mean, the Broncos start out so hot, then Teddy has to leave with an injury. We don't. We're not sure if he's going to be available in the second half. Drew comes in. It was a little bit shaky. Let's just say it, it that. was a little bit yeah, shaky. It was a little bit shaky. The Chargers get back into it, and then. Uh, PS2 to the rescue. PS2 to the rescue. Teddy came back in. I mean, every drive it was like people are just watching Teddy on the sideline. What's going to happen? Yeah. Teddy's now walking. I was not aware that it was a big deal that Teddy was down. Oh, my down. goodness. Apparently it was a big deal. Who was making it a big deal? I didn't see that. Some of our old pals, people yeah. that like to chirp at us a little bit. I didn't see. Uh, I missed Yeah. That. So for those of you who didn't see the tweets, and they, they showed it a I little bit on the broadcast. The Broncos were down at about their own 30 or 40. Teddy was on the other side of the field watching from the other perspective, which you could understand could be a helpful perspective to have to see what the defense is seeing. I mean, quite frankly, I just wanted him to work on his leg a little bit. I don't really care about anything else. You don't care where he's standing. No, I don't care. Just if if he needs to, like, walk around a little bit, get his leg. You know, as Vic Fangio said postgame, when you hurt your shin like that, it swells up pretty quickly. And he said Teddy's was. Yeah, he's fine now, which is good. Working, yeah. Doesn't sound like his uh, availability is in question for no. Kansas City, which is a good thing. You want this team to be as close to at full strength as they can be. But Phil, I mean, the it's pretty remarkable the the difference in tone and the vibe in the stadium from when Teddy was in to when Drew was in. I mean, it was somewhat palpable. Well, you could feel it in the you press could, box. You huh? could feel it. And well, I how also, was the hot cocoa? First well, of all, oh my gosh, really nice. Yeah, but I also think any. Any question about Teddy's uh, desire to win or his toughness or how much buy-in he has? All those questions that were kind of no, circulating. Not from me. Not from you. No, no, no. Yeah. But certainly they were circulating. The man almost lost his leg. Yes. Not, not Came yesterday. Came back. Not yesterday. And, and continued his NFL career. Yes. And but, then you're But some people were wondering, does Teddy care? Is he making a business decision against the Eagles? It would have been really easy for him to say, I don't, I'm not going to come back in and play. Oh, he came back out and they he, led, he led him to a touchdown drive. And the, one of those plays, he's sprinting to his right. He stiff arms jo- Joey Bosa, yeah. who just has a real knack for getting embarrassed by Broncos quarterbacks. Your favorite is that quarterback. Too, is that too strong? Your I think favorite NFL quarterback, Trevor Simeon, juked him earlier. Trevor Simeon, I think he, he went to IR with two broken ankles. <laughs> Bosa did after yeah. that. 
Wow. But, Teddy, nice play. The Broncos uh, have had a lot of success against the Chargers. I believe that it's, it's seven surprising. of eight. Seven of the last eight in Denver, the Broncos have had, had success. Three consecutive games at home. That's right. They, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really understand. When you think about it, you're like, how have they had this much success against the Chargers and not the Raiders? Because they've, they've struggled somewhat. Well, they've struggled the again in the division here recently. Yeah. So that's why this but game was even but more. But they've been good against the Chargers, which is just surprising because Chargers have not been awful at any of these past few years. They've always been kind of. Yeah, but the victories against the Chargers have been like they're all the raising, thinnest of margins. Yeah, this, I mean, this might be. One of the This is ones. the largest margin of victory since the Chargers won 21 to nothing yeah. a few years ago in L.A. But, I mean, like you think back to last year's game in Los Angeles. The Broncos lost that one, of course. Yeah, I would. If you asked me right now, like, what was the score of that game? I would have been like, oh, the Broncos probably lost by two touchdowns. It was a three-point game. Yeah, I remember that. That was uh, the game. Judy, the Judy had some game. drops. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's get to some questions here. We got one from uh, Stephen Steele. He says, "Is this where you guys thought we'd be this time of year? As far as six and five, because I don't think anyone thought we'd be playing for first place in the division this Sunday, this late in the season." Well, those are. I think those are two. Di- Thank you for the question, Stephen. I think those are two different questions. Just because, yes, I think six and five was realistic for the Broncos. Yeah. I don't think they. I didn't expect them to do it this way. Like I wouldn't have said a win over the Cowboys and a loss to the Eagles. I probably wouldn't have said three wins and four losses. But I think it six, doesn't matter how you get six there, and five, seven and four. I would have said that's that's realistic. The reason I wouldn't have expected a battle for first place is you just you probably don't expect the Chiefs to have four losses. At this point in the season, they obviously went through some struggles there. And so the Broncos are really, they have this chance at first place because of the what the teams around them have done too. It's not just about the Broncos. It's not like this is a meeting between an 8-2 and two Chiefs team and a 7-3 and three Broncos yeah. team. You know, like, But that's how the whole NFL is sure. this year. You know, but the, I mean, the, like the Chiefs the last couple of years have won 13 games a yeah. year, and so this would not have been... Yeah, thinking about it at the beginning of the year... You did not think that sitting around 500 was going to be good enough for the division. Yeah, exactly. And right so. now, I mean, your your division odds, obviously the schedule's tough, and you expect Kansas City to probably keep winning, but I think mathematically your division odds and your wild card odds are not that different right now. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. I mean, four or five losses at this point, you're right, and you're, you're one of the better teams in the, yeah. in the uh, conference. That kind of gets to a, another question we got here from uh, Anthony number 5. Anthony, number five. We're the first four. Not sure. Would eleven and six win the division? Eleven and six. I don't think so. Yeah, what you, you, you probably you would make you would certainly make the playoffs at eleven and six. And Phil, you know, yeah. this time of year, I love the schedule. We know that about me. That that would mean the Broncos go five and one down the yes down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, it's it's that would probably win the division. I you would think, think so? I would think so. It de- it just depends because, like. Do you get two wins over the Chiefs, or do you? Is one of those losses to the Chiefs, and then they're able to rattle off some wins? It's possible. I would that think that if the Broncos went five and one down the stretch, they'd win the division. I just think if one of those losses is to Kansas City, they might yeah. hold the tiebreak. But eleven and six would get you in the playoffs. And like I was like I was saying that you know I like the schedule, Phil. You love the love schedule. the schedule. This time of year, I also like these playoff machines. Oh, I know you do. You're just over there. Them. I'm like. It's really quiet in the office. You yeah, know? What's I'm happening? like, what's Eric doing over there? And you're just cranking the machines going. You know? I like to each week. I like to play out the rest of the season. Yeah. The Chargers win this game. The Chiefs win this game. The Broncos Ooh, yeah. win this game. What happened to you the think Broncos? It's too early Kansas? to start doing no, that. No, I've been no, doing no. this for weeks, Phil. Oh, God. I've been doing this since week six or seven. That's concerning. Yeah, <laughs> and, and what I would say is that from what I found, ten wins is probably going to get you into. So. The realistic goal for the Broncos here is... You're like 538. Yeah, exactly. You're like Eric, Nate Silver, Delala. Right. Okay. The realistic goal here is to go 4-2 and two down the stretch. And that means you probably need to beat the Lions. And then can you find a way to win three against... Two, win two games against the Chiefs, the Bengals at home, and the Chargers, or, yeah, the Chargers and Raiders on the road. Can you win three of those? And if you can do that, you're going to make the playoffs. Yeah. Well, and we were talking about this earlier today, Eric, that if the Broncos somehow could beat the Chiefs this Sunday, Ooh. the the emotional lift, the confidence that would give this Broncos team, uh, 
it could really take them to a whole new level, I think, here, just because it, I think when you've lost 11 games consecutively to one team, there's a psychological element here, you know, where it's not just about on the field. It's like, can we beat these guys? Can we go out there and do it? Is it a, a possible? There's like a mental barrier. If the Broncos are able to do do it this weekend, I really think that the confidence is going to go is going to skyrocket, and then they got the Lions coming up after that, and then you really got the ball rolling here, and it's a good time of year to get high. Yeah, no question. This is a time of year where you want to start playing your best football. The Broncos are doing that. We talked last week. It's very interesting. Had they lost yesterday, Phil, everyone would have said. The Broncos have lost. Let's see. It would have been six of their or five of their last seven. No, six of their last eight. They would yeah. have lost yeah. if they had lost yesterday. Instead, we say you've won three of your last four. I mean, just yeah. one game one changes game. the That's entire so big. narrative. Justin Simmons talked about that uh, after the game yeah, yesterday. It felt said, like a must win. Yeah, he was like, you didn't want to put the whole season on one game here, but that was their approach. I think if you beat Kansas City, one, the pressure goes on the rest of the teams from the division. Because Kansas City is like, wow, Denver's a real threat here. Yeah. The Chargers start thinking, well, we're a game back to the Broncos because they've beaten us head-to-head, so we have to win that game when we play them. Yeah. They got the, the Bengals. The, I mean, every well, week yeah, is, every week know, is tough, but I think every, you know, we talk about it as, hey, can you win five of your last seven? Can you win four of your last six? Every win that you get in a row, it becomes easier to do that. Like, yeah. winning three of your last... Uh, six is easier to do than winning four your last six, yeah. you know? And so the, the more wins, uh, it, it'll be interesting to see what the vibe is, if the Broncos can win. Yeah. And, Phil, I'm sure there's a question about this somewhere, but despite being 10-point underdogs, Phil, I have, a, I have a real sense the Broncos can go win this game. So do I. I think that 10 points is a lot. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a lot. Maybe they're reading too much into – past seasons and the Broncos' struggles in Kansas City because... But last year and really, Vic Fangio has done a nice job of slowing Patrick Mahomes down nearly yes. every time they've played. There's been like snow, there's been weird the, things going on the last the, couple of The matchups. one game that was not great was when the Chargers came to Denver last Chiefs. season or Chiefs. sorry, the Chiefs came to Denver in the middle of last season in the snow. Yeah. The Broncos had some bad turnovers, it got yeah. out of hand yes. but he, Mahomes didn't have a great day that day either. No. And certainly in Kansas City last year, Broncos are leading that game. They were right in that game. Could have won it. With with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback in that game, the Broncos win that football game. Yeah. Just a little bit more level, level-headedness, level yes. I think. Uh, let's see. We got another question here. Sometimes Ben Swanson doesn't really do a great job letting, letting me know which one's important. But here, but Tim gonna- Knorr. Tim Knorr says, predict the division one through four. So many in-division games. If you could predict it right now, wow. one through four, how, how would you uh, think they finish up here at the end of the I think season? The, I think the Chiefs are still probably the favorite to win the division. And then I do think, based on how they're playing, the Broncos will probably finish second in the division. Yeah. Then the Chargers, and then the Raiders. Okay. Um, I think the Raiders are going to have a hard time holding on the rest of the year. Now it's just going to be a question of, with the wild card, is second place good enough to get in? Because the Colts or Titans are probably going to they could take one of those spots. New England and Buffalo, one of those teams is certainly taking one of those spots. Yeah, there's like two really good teams in almost every division. Here. Yeah. It's going to be tough. I'm sorry that we took a – we should not have answered Tim Norris question there. Why? He, he later on comments, does the neutral zone describe your personalities? Yawn. Wow. wow. Well, I was lying about uh, how I think the division is going to finish, so. Yeah. Good. Chokes on you, Tim. Yeah, thank you. Gosh. Swanson, can we uh, do a little bit of a better job here just not letting these people... Roast us. Yeah. Let's not. If, if there's any comments about the quarter zip, the haircuts, the hair. we'll take those, okay? Uh, Good comments. Pin, Pinhead Larry. Okay. Sounds like one of your friends, maybe. Pinhead I don't Larry. think so. Pinhead. Okay. Uh, where would you rank the Broncos' defense in the NFL right now? I mean, they're... They're certainly up there in scoring defense, if that's how you want to rank yeah. it. It's a, it's probably a top five unit. I don't know if they have the elite, like some of the elite playmakers in the uh, pass rush. That's where Bradley Chubb can yeah. really make an impact. But like some, like Aaron Donald, for example, on the Rams. I know they've struggled. T.J. Watt in Pittsburgh. 
just I mean, a guy who's like, like an like, unstoppable force. Like for example, Justin Simmons and Pat Sertan in the secondary are, are game changing yeah. players. Yeah, you saw that yesterday. We've seen that from Justin Simmons all year. I don't know if there's a game changing player in the front seven mm-hmm. before Bradley okay. came back. Now that Bradley's okay. back, there's hope that this defense could be better. And I don't. Well, I, when I think about it here, Eric, I think that like you talk about that Cowboys game and how explosive that offense had looked prior to playing the Broncos. And we talked about on this show, we were like, how are the Broncos going to slow down the Cowboys? Boom. Fangio comes up with this game plan. They go out there and execute it really well. Same thing last week. What are they going to do? Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, uh, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. What what are the Broncos going to do? Fangio says we're not going to pressure Herbert. We're going to rush four. And we're going to drop seven into coverage and let the, let's see what happens. And you heard Justin Herbert after the game. He said that's a really well-coached team. They played really well yesterday. And uh, I think the Broncos, every week they're coming up with a game plan to slow down some of these most more explosive offenses. And the players are going out there and executing to perfection. And we've talked about it. This team is better off when they're facing an explosive passing offense, I think. They've struggled against the Ravens. They've struggled in Cleveland. Now, a little granted, they were down a lot of players in Cleveland, and they struggled against the Eagles. The Chiefs want to throw the ball. I mean, they do it's it true. in kind of some cr- crazy ways, some different formations. They're going to use motion to try to trip you up. But this team is now built to stop Tyree Kill, to stop yeah, Nicole Hardman. Yeah, they're Hardman, built to play the AFC West. Yeah, and so you look at the rest of the schedule for the Broncos, and I don't see a team whose strength running the ball. Yeah will match up with the Broncos' weakness. Like, I, I would yeah. still be uh, not – I would not feel great if the Broncos had to go play Baltimore in the playoffs just because well, of their style of football. That front four played really well yesterday, and they were missing Shelby Harris. They did. But, like, Some uh, of that Draymond had to do Jones with Bradley Chubb like, coming back. Yeah. Getting double teamed. Yeah. I talked to Bradley after the press conference today, and I was one like – One-on-one? Yeah, and I was like – Really? A little bit of just – This is just special for neutral zone nation. Got it. I was like, is it a sign of respect that they double-teamed you right away Whoa. after you had him on the field? Yeah. And he was like, yeah, it is. But I was also like, man, can I just get a few plays before you start double-teaming me? No, I mean, they don't want to do that. Yeah, I guess not. Bradley Chubb one-on-one would not be fun. No, I was fine. Oh, you were fine, yeah. But was he trying to attack you? It was a one-on-one. Yeah. What would happen if Bradley Chubb tackled you? I, I, I'd probably be okay. You would not be here t- t- tonight. <laughs> I'll, I will be always here. be here at the farmhouse. Oh, thank you. Tim Norris says, come on, that was funny. You got a response? That was pretty funny. Neutral zone, that was pretty good. Okay, But Tim. we like to keep things, you know, we're neutral here. Yeah. that's You get a fair and honest opinion. That's why we call the neutral zone. Well, of zone. course. Do you know what I mean? One area that Bradley Chubb normally doesn't like is the neutral zone. That's right. It but he enjoys the neutral zone. Not a neutral zone fan, yeah. probably a neutral, neutral zone, zone fan. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty good. Okay, Daniel Gonzalez, our friend Daniel Gonzalez. He's back. You're back. Thank we you, Daniel. You. Appreciate you watching. Pat Sertan for Defensive Rookie of the Year, question mark. I was at the game yesterday. It was rocking at Empower Field at Mile High. It was. The atmosphere was pretty good, huh? There was a yeah. shot of Herbert, like, with his hands over his uh, helmet. He's like, I can't hear anything. <laughs> I read his lips. He was like, I can't hear. Yeah. I can't hear anything. That's good. The Need more people there. Back. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully you know, they... Uh, the fans were not there. There were still a decent number of no-shows. Need need a full house when Detroit comes to town, certainly when Cincinnati comes to town. Going to need those people there. But Yeah. Um, what was the first part of the question? Uh, Pat Sertan for oh. Defensive Rookie of the Year. So I, I think we do need to clarify this because some I was listening to the radio on the way in. There seems to be some confusion. Oh, really? There's an Offensive Rookie of the Year and there's a Defensive Rookie of the Year. It's not one yes. award, and it's not AFC Offensive Rookie of the Year and NFC Offensive. No, there's, there's one... one Offensive, defensive rookie yes, and one defensive. Pat Sertan's biggest competition is Micah Parsons in Dallas. Yes. He has nine sacks, two forced fumbles, like 23 quarterback hits, a he's bunch of tackles insane. for loss. I mean, he's he's playing really well. I will say that with a couple uh, more interceptions, Pat Sertan's resume, and even right now, it stacks up pretty well. But the issue is just that Micah, pa- Micah well, part Position. of that. But also, Micah Parsons is just going to have the edge because Dallas has so much more attention on them. They're in primetime a lot more. The Broncos, this is the second primetime game the Broncos are going to play all year. 
Pat Sertan is just. But football people should know what's going on with Sertan, right? Like you, you would think you know, so. The voters are going to know what's what you, he's doing here. You would think so, and I mean, Pat Sertan deserves the respect, and I can't imagine he doesn't finish second at the very least. I think that the problem is, is like when you go to look at the stats, you're going to say, okay, Parsons has all these sacks. He's a middle linebacker getting all these, you know, quarterback pressures and that kind of stuff. Sertan, unless he's able to face quarterbacks, which he will be now, that are going to challenge him. Well, yeah. Then it's going to. Then maybe he'll have more opportunities to put up those stats. But well, on the mark that, of a really great corner is that you're just not getting thrown at. Yeah. Like if you're Justin Herbert. I think I think Maybe next time Sertan I think was targeted six times. Maybe next time not so That's much. It's not six six targets in a game, decent amount, but if you're really good, they're gonna target Kyle Fuller, they're gonna target Ronald Darby, they're gonna try to find a matchup somewhere else on the field, out of the backfield. I mean, if you become a true lockdown corner, that's why we don't see corners really with those crazy interception totals very often. Exactly. It yeah. happens like Xavier Howard last year. Yeah, Trayvon Diggs this year. Yeah, but it, it, it rarely happens. Because Tra- you just stop targeting the well, guy. Well, Trayvon Diggs has given up a lot of big plays, too. And yeah. so quarterbacks are saying, hey, if I can just sneak it by him, I can get a big play. But, yeah, that's part of it. But I, I do also think, Phil, there is this element of if a guy is on TV a lot, I, I'm sure some of the voters, and you would hope a lot of the voters, are doing their work watching every game. Yeah. But it's just unrealistic to expect everyone to watch 16 games a week what? on Game Pass. What did you think about what Vic Fangio had to say today? Because he said if the Broncos were in the same position at number nine with the same players available, which includes Micah Parsons. Includes Mac Jones. Includes Mac Jones. The Broncos would once again select Pastor Tan II. I mean, I think it speaks to what That's kind of player. That's a endorsement. Yeah, that speaks to what kind of player they think he is, what kind of player he can be. He is... If he's not, he's probably their second best defensive player right now. Yeah, behind Simmons? Yeah. Yeah, if Chubb can get going. Yeah, if Chubb can get going, then, then it's a challenge. But right now, in terms of like, yeah. who who are you worried about it as, a, as an opposing offense? Yeah. I think Justin Simmons is at the top of that list, and then Pat Sertan. Yeah. How about the job that these two inside linebackers did? Really nice. Kenny Young bringing a lot of energy, you know. That was one of the things that I was really looking at at the beginning of the game. What kind of team is going to come out? What kind of Broncos team is going to come out? You like the emotion. Yeah. I thought the offense had a nice drive there to start. They didn't get any points, but I thought that was a good drive. Yep. Then the punt, to pin them at the one, I was like, okay. Nate Hairston. That was big time. Cheers to Sam Martin and Nate Hairston. That was a nice nice play. I I can't remember... I heard that this one yeah. somewhere. I can't remember where I heard it. I, maybe it was Wade Phillips who used to say this. If you pin an opposing offense inside the ten yard line, you can you call that a, you can create a score as a defense. Oh yeah. Because if you get a three and out and they punt the ball and you yeah, get it you get the ball at right or inside back. midfield, that's points. I think yeah. it was Wade that used to say that that you have a chance here as a defense to create a score for your team. Yeah. And that's what they did. And and then and then to come out and force a three and out the way that they did, they were fired up. They're pumped up in the end zone. I really think that that the whole team feeds off that energy, and so for Kenny Young to come in here and play that way, uh, despite not having his dogs here in Denver, I know that was sad, huh? That was a little bit sad. Vic Fangio said he's lonely. Yeah, because he doesn't have his dog. I'd be lonely without my dog. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Baron Browning missed so much of the off season, able to come in and just pick this thing up. He's delivering the play calls out there on the on the defensive side, and he's playing with tremendous energy. He has to cover. Imagine uh, as a rookie saying, "Okay, go guard Austin Eckler, go go yeah. run around and cover him in, in, in coverage." Yeah, he did a pretty nice job. Did a nice job. Now I they thought. didn't hold him scoreless like you predicted, but he did a nice job. Eric, if you want to bring up the predictions, both of yours were also incorrect, <laughs> and <laughs> I was a little closer <laughs> on the score. That's true. We both had twenty eight though, right on we the We did. Line. We knew. Let's give ourselves. I think a pat I on said. I think I said twenty eight seven, and it just got seven. transcribed wrong. And then, of oh. course, the guard. I don't know how you Jared Cook 13? caught that pass. That was amazing. That was, that was practically a hail mary. I don't understand how that happened. Yeah, that was I watched it ten times, and I still couldn't figure out whose foot was whose. Yeah, Justin Simmons was a little ahead of the play. There were like fifteen feet down there. A jump ball with Justin Simmons, you're not going to win that. Yeah, but he was a little bit too far up. I thought. Yeah, I think he was guarding somebody else. 
Are you guys concerned? This is a question from Flat Earth Trini. Flat Earth Trini. Okay. That's definitely one of your friends. I don't think so. Okay. Are you guys concerned about Bridgewater's injury? No. Everything Vic Fangio said today is that he's going to be fine. He came back in the game. Uh, They got an x-ray that was negative, which is actually positive news. Yeah. You want it to be negative. You want it to be negative. Yeah, I think the thing with the shin is like, okay, it's either broken or not, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. So you could just do a quick x-ray. You don't have to get an MRI. You don't have to do anything like that. Just quick x-ray. He's okay. Now, could they be cautious with him and say, hey, you're going to be limited in practice just to... Yeah. That's possible, but... I would expect him to be out there in some fashion on Wednesday when they come back on the field. Eric, uh, another interesting comment from Vic Fangio today said, Drew Locke is still the backup quarterback. Based off of the way a lot of fans think, they think Drew should still be the starter. Uh, People who cover the team are now wondering if he should even be the number two quarterback. I almost clarified because I tweeted like, Drew Locke will remain. Vic Fangio said Drew Locke will remain the number two quarterback. And I realized that could be interpreted that someone asked, is Vic, is Drew going to start this start, weekend? Yeah. The question was really, is Brett Rippon going to slide in and be the number two quarterback? Because the last two times that Drew has come in, he's not been effective. I don't have a lot of faith that if Drew had stayed in, that the Broncos necessarily win that football game. Eric, when you're the backup quarterback, one of your assignments is to just sort of just say, it's, it's going to be okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's a lot of like, oh, there's a new voice in the huddle. What's going to happen? It's going to be okay. Like I'm just, oh, I'm a calming presence here. The one thing you can't do is turn the football over. No. And in limited action, he had a fumble and an interception. I looked this up today. Teddy Bridgewater's thrown around 350 passes this year. Five interceptions. Five interceptions. Drew Locke has thrown 28 passes this year and has two interceptions. That's that's, that's one every 15 throws. That's not a good rate. And and like you said, and granted the one against the Ravens, he's trying to make a play at the end of the game. He's trying to make something happen. Yeah. This one, Phil, you're up 14 nothing. Run the ball, throw it away, punt it back to the Chargers, let your defense keep yeah. playing well. The one thing you cannot do is give the Chargers create the panic. ball. <laughs> great you panic. Create panic. Give the Chargers the ball inside your territory. And instead of being up 14 nothing. They all of a sudden go into halftime down one score, and the game felt entirely different. Someone, someone in the press box said, "This is like the least reassuring fourteen. Like this is the worst feeling fourteen-seven lead of all time because well, of what happened you, at the end of the half." And you felt like the Broncos should have been up way bigger than that because they were really dominating. Yeah, I think seventeen nothing like would have felt complete control. If you were, if it was seventeen nothing, you would have been like, "All right, that was a great first half." Yeah. Instead, it's fourteen-seven. And it would have been the. It would have been. I was already prepping my stats. You know, I like to do that. It would have been the third first half shutout for the Broncos this year. The second in their last three games. I mean, the defense is rolling here. Yeah. And you put them in a. The Can't one thing. That. The one thing the Broncos have not done this year that they did a lot last year is put their defense in sudden change scenarios. Bad sh- situations. Short yardage where yep. the offense doesn't have to go far. They haven't really done that much this year. No. That's what happened at the end of the first half, and you could just kind of feel the momentum shift a little bit. So kudos to the defense, one, for coming out yep. and stopping them on that next drive. I mean, it took to a long time. To open up the third quarter. Yeah. yeah. But a big sack. I think McTelvin Aguim yeah. had the sack. That was a big play by him. Sosa. Yeah. They like to call him Sosa. They, they were on the field for 15 minutes Yeah, almost in a row. I mean, there was one one-minute drive from the Broncos. They were out there so long. That's when you see yeah. a team start to kind of get worn down. They didn't. They they bent, but they did not break. And hey. That's going to be demoralizing if you're the Chargers. You have the ball for 15 minutes, two long drives, and you get no points. Let's let's talk a little more about Drew here. Because, more? Okay, you want uh, more. Like Derwin James, right, after the game, he was like, I can't believe that Drew threw it. Yep. Right? We know that Drew is better than how he's what he's showing here. I mean, this was an actual quarterback competition during training camp, during the preseason. Yep. What can they do to help Drew just be better in some of these situations? Because we know, look, Drew is better than how he's played in limited reps right now. Yeah, because, I mean, we've seen him in the past lead touchdown drives, win games. Like, yeah. He certainly can play better than this. For some reason, it's not clicking as a backup. And it did not click all the time as a starter either, so I don't want to make it seem like Drew has gotten kind of the short end of the stick here by being made the backup. Teddy won the job. Yeah, but I'm saying he's better than what? Yes. What two interceptions in less than thirty passes? Yeah. 
so Vic Fangio mentioned a couple things. One, he probably needs to get a couple more reps okay. in practice, which is interesting because around the league, backups do not get a lot of reps, and you're taking reps away yep. from Teddy Bridgewater if you give him to Drew. And so as a coaching staff, you're making a decision because of how this has gone, we're probably going to have to give Drew more reps and take reps away from our starter in order to kind of protect ourselves. So that's not an ideal situation. You want to be able to give your backup as few reps as possible and have them ready to go. The, the other thing he said they could do is kind of tailor the play selection a little bit better to Drew, have a different... Because they kind of... The, the plan was sort of similar. It seemed like things did not change when Drew came in. They have different strengths. Drew's probably comfortable with different things. So if that's Pat Shermer spending a little... Or Mike Shula spending a little extra time with Drew Locke and saying, hey, what, what plays are you comfortable with if, we have to, if you have to go in? Um, but... I mean, the, the Broncos seemed content to just run the ball most of the time Drew was in, and I don't know if that was a matchup thing or if that was, spoke to their confidence following the early fumble. Talking about Teddy Bridgewater, his his shin is okay, right? Yes. But uh, looking back at this season, he's been hit quite a bit. He had the concussion. Uh, he yep. had a, an ankle injury where he played through that against Cleveland. Then the shin, he had to miss a quarter of that game yesterday. Are you concerned at all with this with the situation here? Uh, if Drew has to come back in here down the stretch, I mean, another thing is the COVID protocols. You know, I mean, knock on wood, hopefully Teddy stays uh, healthy here. But is this a situation where you're a little concerned right now? Well, I think you need better play from your backup quarterback because if you're in the playoff hunt, like say you say you go to Las Vegas and you got a lead and you need that win to stay in the playoff race and Teddy has to miss a few series. Are you, you concerned? Need, you need to know. Well, yeah, I mean, I think right now yeah. you got to be a little bit concerned. And so I think the, the coaching staff needs to figure out how do we get Drew ready. Drew needs to figure out how do I get a little bit more ready. Yeah. Or you, or maybe you consider, hey, does Brett Rippin, does Brett Rippin give us a better chance in this situation? They're not going to go that way this week. No. They've said that Drew Locke is going to be the backup. But it's at least something right. to, to maybe think about. I, yeah. I, will, I do want to say this about Teddy Bridgewater. He has not missed a start. No. He missed but a half of football. He has been dinged up. He has been dinged up. I'll, I'll get to that in a second. He played. He came back in this game. Cleveland, he was limited. And, and maybe if you have a, a backup that you have a little more trust in, you would have played that guy over a hobbled Teddy. Hard to, hard to say. They've kind of ridden with Teddy as long as he can yeah. possibly be out there. Yeah. But let's also note that, I mean, last year, Drew went on IR. Yeah. This is so. This is not like a a Teddy Bridgewater no, unique no, 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 no. problem. No, like, no. like I don't think there's a sense that just, Teddy's injury prone or taking too many like taking unnecessary hits or whatever. No, but he. I'm just saying he's gotten hit a lot. Yeah. I mean, um, of course, anytime. I mean, this is a case around the league. Anytime yeah. your starting quarterback is out, yeah. you're going to be concerned. When Russell Wilson goes down in Seattle, yeah. you're concerned. When Aaron Rodgers can't play in Green Bay because of his either the COVID or the toe. I think he's been okay with that broken toe. Who knows what's going on with the toe? He scrambled for a I saw, touchdown. I saw a picture of his toe. Yeah, he showed everybody yeah. his toe. Yeah, I sent that to Ben Swanson. He said, please don't send me things like this <laughs> yeah. in the future. It was nice that he like was that. respectful about it. I was like, should we talk about this on the neutral zone? What do you think? Send it. And then he was like, don't send me things like mm. this. But what I was going to say is that uh, the skill to be a backup quarterback is different than being the starting quarterback. And I, I do think that there's a legitimate question there just saying uh, maybe Brett is better at that skill of being specifically the backup Well, but because we, he's been that for a while now. We, we haven't seen a lot of that yeah. from him. You know, like the only time he really came in was against Tampa, right? Yeah, when Driscoll got... Uh, and he led a, he won one scoring drive, I think, and then threw a pick. Against the yeah. Jets, he played decently, but he did throw three interceptions. And that's about all we've If I'm remembering correctly, that's about all we've seen of Brett Rippon. I, I trust the coaching staff to make the best decision, but yeah, you, you do have to keep it in mind. Some, one, one other thing that's interesting oh, to me okay. about that, sorry. Sometimes you see a backup quarterback come in and defenses struggle to adjust because it's a different style. or Like, oh, it's a, like, like uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick last year for the Dolphins yeah. came in, kind of gave him a spark. spark. Um, there's been a couple, like... Uh, was it Matt Moore when Patrick Mahomes went out in, in the uh, in the playoffs last year? No, 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 against the Broncos in Denver. I think oh. 2019, maybe. When he hurt his, when Mahomes hurt his knee. The knee, the Got knee. It. 
Matt Moore came in. I think it was him. The Broncos had a hard time slowing yes. him down because he had a different style. Oregon State's Matt Moore. Yes. I, I do think that there's something to be said that a backup quarterback coming in that you're not prepared for can at times give you a spark. Yeah. And so that's partially why it's surprising that at least, like, Drew hasn't found some initial success. Yeah. Like, it's not there hasn't even been, like, a drive where you're yeah. like, it's oh, not like the Chargers go. were scouting Drew Locke and being like, okay, we're ready in case this guy comes in. Right. Here's what, yeah, I agree. Uh, some talk about the uh, wide receivers here. Here's another one from Daniel Gonzalez okay. and a few follow-ups. Uh, but uh, can the Broncos throw more balls to Jerry Judy? And then uh, uh, thoughts on Denver's wide receiver usage, considering there weren't many passes to the wide receivers. This is Daniel Gonzalez again. Uh, we need to throw more deep balls to keep defenses honest and uh, not crowd up at the, toward the line of scrimmage. <coughs> now, we should say that Javante Williams was the Broncos' leading receiver yesterday. Yep. Three catches for how many yards? 57 yards. 57 yards. The wide receivers had a combined 10 targets, and they had a combined— now, Teddy didn't, how many, he didn't throw for that many yards. Teddy? Teddy, yeah. Teddy completed 11 of 18 passes for 129 yards. Yeah. He did have a 100.4 quarterback rating. Really well, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams combined for over 130 yards. They figured out what was working. And they Th- that it. first drive was efficient. They didn't end in points, but it was efficient. You scored on the next drive. You scored on the next drive. The end of half without Teddy Bridgewater, hard for me in my mind to count that. You go three and out, which, okay, that's a bad drive, but that's going to limit the number of throws you have, the number of plays you have. Then you respond to the Pat Sertan interception. Let me see if I can find the drive specifics here. After the Sertan interception, well, you go you go 80 yards in 10 plays, chew up five and a half minutes, and score a touchdown. That puts you up 14 points. Yeah. I mean, the, the offense was good. I know they only scored 21 points. But they were effective when they had the ball. Yeah. They shortened. I think something that they shortened is, the game is lost is like the Chargers against the Steelers. They scored what 38, 40 points, something yeah. like that. Well, when you're going back and forth, you're going to rack up those yards. Fick Fangio said this after the game. You look at the yardage; it's not all that impressive. But they were eight of eleven on third down, which was yep. their best mark in at least thirty years. They were three of three in the red zone, scoring touchdowns, and they just took advantage of what they saw was an opportunity against the Chargers. Yeah. It really would have been hard for them to do much better on offense. Yeah. And so, to kind of wind it back to the wide receivers, there's going to be times when those guys have more catches. There's going to be times when you need to air it out. But if you're if you're dominating them in the run game, yeah. even the like part of the reason why you're doing so well in the run game is the threat of those guys. Because you have to pay attention to Sutton and Judy and, and Tim Patrick. Yeah. I mean, the goal is to win the game. Yeah. You know, that's ultimately the goal, and the Broncos did that. I thought Pat Shermer did a heck of a job. Yesterday, I mean, the run on third and nine, a uh, third and goal from the nine. Beautiful call. Uh, the really great call. The screen pass to Jonte on third and ten. I think it was late on, the, on that touchdown drive on the, on the uh, fourth quarter touchdown drive. I thought those were big time calls, and and the Broncos did a nice job there. You know, it's like there's so many weapons out there on the field, Eric. It's like like when they don't run the ball enough, people are saying, why don't they run the ball enough? Why don't they get the ball to Javante more? Why don't? Why doesn't Melvin have more touches? If they throw it, if they do like they did yesterday, why don't they give the wide receivers enough? I will just say, I do think a couple of deep shots to Cortland Sutton every now and then would be nice. Well, they, they took one down the field that pass interference was called. It wasn't that deep, but it was probably 30 yards down the field or so. Uh, Tim Patrick caught a, I think, 26-yard pass. But, but otherwise, why are you... Like, in that game, just in that specific scenario, didn't need. To. I don't mind just you know if you're running down their throat and getting what are yep. they average? They average like five yards a carry, five and a half yards a carry. No, they dominate. If you're doing front. that, wh- wh- whatever. And you know, you know who probably doesn't care because they just signed giant deals, Corlin Sutton and Tim Patrick. Uh, the other thing I was going to say was uh, concerning what was going on with the offensive line too. You yeah. probably don't and the health of your quarterback. Yeah. You probably don't want to just drop back and, and hold on to the ball for too long. With um, Natani Muti in there, Quinn Miners in there, those guys' strengths is running the ball. Yep. You know, so let's just play to everybody's strength as, a, as an overall unit here. And the so. most impressive drive to me, Phil, was the final drive of the game. 
because the Chargers knew you're running the ball. Yep. I mean, they probably knew it all day, but they know you're running the ball in that situation. They close you pick up three well. first downs. You're yep. just punishing them. Yeah. And you run Nothing out. they could do about it. They ran out the final four and a half minutes off the clock. I mean, yeah. I I can't remember. I cannot remember the last time the Broncos ran a four minute drive that was that effective. That's a, so, that's hard to do in the NFL. It's the Mike Munchak effect. Well, where where you know a team is going to run it, you've got timeouts, and you just cannot stop them. It happened yeah. to the Browns. Or it happened to the Broncos in Cleveland. But I mean, it, it really doesn't. Ha- normally, you're like, oh, okay, we got a couple. They're going to get the ball back with a minute left. It that was impressive to me. Think about it. They're without uh, Garrett Bowles. Dalton Reisner leaves the game with a back injury. Lloyd Cushenberry is the starter there. But uh, Graham Glasgow is out and Bobby Massey is out. Yeah, they have one starter. They've got one starter up there, and they're just dominating up front. Quinn Bailey comes in. He comes in off the practice squad, then comes in off the bench, and then just comes out there and plays well. Really uh, impressive. I just think that uh, Mike Munchak, he, not enough gets talked about no, for, about him, you know, I think that he's doing it. And, and they allowed one sack. Yeah, the Derwin James blast, not technically not a sack, a sack but, but that's in the blast category. We got what, the yeah. There's a different the blast. box score here for everybody at home. We talk about Bradley Chubb hitting. What if you would have taken that Derwin James? I would have. I would have simply dodged it. Oh, you would have dodged it. Yeah, I would have said if that was me, like they could. It would have been the Stretcher memorial. The Phil Milani Memorial 46-yard line. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. They would just always remember they would have like They would have put just like a little a line. Uh, yeah, exactly. That line would be like blue or something every yeah every Sunday. Yeah. Maybe they would have put just like a little patch of hair product right on the yard marker. A little pomade? Yeah. That would be nice. Okay, I got another question for you here. Sydney D'Souza. Oh, I think I recognize that name from uh, Twitter. Can Kansas City cover the Broncos' tight ends? We have three now who are on the field at the same time. And then uh, following up on that, Roger the Negotiator. That's a cool name. Do you think he like negotiates hostage situations? I don't know. Maybe contracts? Oh, maybe contracts. I was thinking like the movie The Negotiator. Oh, yeah. You know. The Fugitive. No, The Negotiator. Okay. We have to line up with, three, with more three tight end sets. That'll be hard to defend. Some good questions there. First of all, uh, who is that pass intended for? Eric Sauber? I think Noah Fant. Me too. Yeah. Because Noah waves. He's like, I'm open here. But Eric Sauber caught it, so what does it really matter? Good yeah. for Eric Sauber. It doesn't matter. Oh, I loved it. It's his first career touchdown. Yeah. Guy's played in the league five years. First touchdown, he spikes the ball. Yeah, he, that he spiked the game ball in, in the yeah, locker room. I've never yeah. seen somebody do that. He got a game ball awesome. from Vic Fangio, then he and he it. spiked it. Yeah, and I was like, "What if it would have hit the ceiling? What if it would have bounced and hit the camera? You know, <laughs> it's dangerous. You just yeah. never know what's going to happen. Hazards of the job. Yeah. What do you think about more three tight ends here? I mean, I, I think that it works well. You got to use it. You got to mix it in with other things so you don't become predictable. Mix it in a little. You huh? can. You can kind of uh, crash down on the box a little bit. It limits how many wide receivers you can get on the field. Obviously. If you're doing, that. if you have three tight ends on the field, yeah. hard to have all your wide receivers on the field too, because then it becomes okay. too many players. You know, you can only have eleven. Uh, yeah, and not everybody can be eligible. I don't think. Right. So, so I, I think it's good. I would challenge the Chiefs the same way. If the Broncos play the same style of football, maybe mis- yes. mix in a nice pass or two to Corlin Sutton or Tim Patrick mm. or Jerry Judy. The Broncos win the game this weekend if they play yeah. the same as well as they did on offense and yes. hold that. They will win this weekend in Arrowhead. That's why I think it's more mental here. They just got to have confidence that they can do it. Well, Bring I that think, energy on the road. I think that there's. I think the mentality is right. Teddy Teddy Bridgewater, he, the Panthers were not good last year. Sorry, Ben Swanson. They went into Arrowhead and they almost won. Yeah, they were leading Teddy late in the game. The calmness. Teddy Teddy helped them do that. Um, Pat Sertan and Javante Williams. I mean, some of these rookies are just playing out of their mind. Yeah, I think six and or seven never played the Chiefs. Six or seven rookies are contributing at a high level. Pat Sertan knows what it's like to win Natties. Yeah, he's been. He's like gone into LSU. Yeah, and won games. Auburn, Auburn. Yeah. What do they call that game when they play Alabama plays Auburn? Like the Steel so, yeah, Manufacturers so, uh, Bowl. Iron something. That doesn't sound right. No. Um. Alabama wins that every time, right? <laughs> I think so. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And then did you see, this is a little off topic, but North Carolina lost to NC State this weekend. 
I saw that Javante Williams had to put on an NC State sweatshirt. Tough weekend for Ben Swanson. Ben Swanson. I didn't think he was going to show up today. No. The Broncos, of course, pulled through, and his weekend got saved. That's true. Um, but but those, you know, Baron Browning, he's played in big games. So I think something I've always wanted. The Broncos didn't have an Alabama player for a long time. Now they got two. Now they got two, and I I, I like the from the draft. You know, I mean, Kareem Jackson obviously yeah. also. Well, I like the idea of bringing guys that have won. Yeah, they, you know Lloyd Cushenberry won a national title at LSU. I, Sir, I like what's guys, his name? Sir Lloyd Cushenberry the third. The third. <laughs> I like guys that have they know how to win because I think that that's contagious. That's contagious. It is. Yeah. You. Yeah, it's contagious. Uh, here's one from uh, Paul Melendez. The way they are clicking right now on both sides of the ball, I believe we can win out the rest of the season. Paul, I love it. Let's go. Yeah, what do you Why think? not? I mean, teams go on runs. The New England Patriots have won six in a row. Yeah. It's a it's a tough schedule, but I think, Phil, we were talking about this in the office today because people see us. You know, Brooks Kepka, Phil. He says, when you see me playing golf, that's when that's I play golf. golf. Yeah. When you see us talking about football. That's when we're talking. That's not no, the only we're time talking. we're We're always talking about football. That's true. And one of the things we said in the office today was that last year's win against the Chargers, 31-30. You come back from 21 down. Felt a little lucky. A little fluky, maybe. Oh, uh, yeah. They, the Chargers were probably the better team. Yeah. The Broncos were the better team on Sunday. Yeah. By a, by a not-so-significant stretch. And so I think you look at that game and you think, well, all of a sudden going no on the reason. road to L.A., no reason you can't win that one. You look at the Raiders and kind of all the stuff they've been through. You think, hey, no reason that can't be a competitive game. Cincinnati looks scary. <laughs> But it's at home. But it's at home. Detroit, yeah. you got to win that game. Yeah. And then you just think, you know, the nice thing about this team is that in the past, Phil, it's felt like they've had to be perfect to win these games, to be good teams. Not anymore. The Broncos were not perfect yesterday. There's, there's yeah. been a lot of talk about how, how well they played, but they had a bad interception. They went three and out at one point. They had some costly penalties. They didn't play perfect, and they still they blew them away. And Vic Fangio was asked about that. He said, this is just a better team. Yep. You know, this is just a better team. And I think that there is no other way to ex- explain it other than there's just more talent with this year's team. Well, and you've got some guys like Cortland and Tim. I mean, Cortland's back, but Jerry's in his second season. Yeah. You know, you, you added some. Like, Javante Williams playing like he should have been a first-round pick. Yes. Bill, Najee's had a nice year. Yep. Travis Etienne got injured. Yes, very so early. We don't really know what's going on with him. No. And Javante could have easily been a first-round pick. Javante's playing really well. We knew that the Broncos thought Javante was the best running back on the board. So, Yep. You knew that. Uh, uh, we all knew that. Yeah. Uh, here's a bunch of comments about uh, how the Broncos can go against the Chiefs this week. Okay. Uh, Lewis Kindler. The only way the Broncos are going to beat the Chiefs is to get pressure on Mahomes cons- constantly. Then Laz Shannon. <laughs> Typo, Swanson, or is it Laz? Okay, Laz Shannon. Yeah, but we need to have someone spying on Mahomes the whole time because if we leave a hole for Mahomes to escape through, it's going to be tough. Mark Horning, do you guys think that uh, we can get the same pressure rushing four against KC like the Broncos did against the Chargers? Tim North, still watching. Thanks, Tim. Thank you very much, Tim. Appreciate it. You want a sticker? It could be Tim Nor like last name, so we don't know if it's Tim or if it's like Tim Nor. Well, is there a space? No, there's no space. Oh, well, then it's probably Tim one. Nor. It's probably one name then. If there's well, no space. Well, you just said Tim. Well, because I can't see it. I'm saying Tim Nor, so you just ex- <laughs> you keep calling him Tim. <laughs> no, I said Tim Nor. <laughs> Gosh. Tim Nor, what's Tim your Nor. first name? Sorry. Unless Tim Nor is your first name. Gosh. Uh, Mahomes handles pressure better than the Chargers did this week. What do you What do you think? What's the key? There's a lot of I like that was I like the rapid fire because there's a yeah, lot you can. That's hit a on. lot of, of replies, and Ben Swanson did an excellent job combining all of those together. Did I just compliment? Ben oh yeah, Swanson? I know, yeah, it doesn't did feel I, right. That to didn't me. feel right. Um, the Broncos getting pressure on Herbert with four was one of the major turning points of the game. I think. I think Chubb being back out there had a lot to do with it. He was demanding double teams, so some of these other guys are able to get home. Well, I'm but talking st- about what are they supposed to do against Mahomes. Yeah, I know. But well, you're going to get there. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Weatherly played a good game. Jonathan Cooper, I thought, Weatherly played, had a sack. played well against Rashawn Slater, who, as we know, is the best young tackle in the game. 
probably because of his training he received in college. Uh, did you know that uh, Rashawn Slater's dad is a former Nugget? I did not know that. Do you know Where Rashawn you know? Slater's a former Cat? He's a no. He's human. But he's a former Cat. He used to be a Cat, and now he's human. <laughs> exactly. Um, with the four-man rush, you talk about Mahomes scrambling. I think some of that you just live with it when you have when you're able to get pressure on four, when they have the weapons they do. Justin Herbert ran, I think, what, what did he have? 90 yards, maybe, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, Herbert had, oh, no. He had 36 yards rushing. You just kind of live with that. You know, he's going to pick up a couple first downs. But that's not going to beat you, I don't think. Mahomes is, I mean, he's a good scrambler. We've seen him, that playoff game, I think, against Houston a few years ago. Not that big. Really what impressive it, like a play. Big third down or a fourth yeah, down. Yeah, he ran for a touchdown on like a 40 oh, yard. Against Houston, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so it, it's something to be concerned about, but I do think that if you can get pressure with four, you can play coverage against Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, bring blitzes occasionally. That's the formula. And, and the, you know, you mentioned Mahomes playing better against pressure. It's typically true, but he's turned the ball over a lot, a lot this year. And there's been some speculation that maybe Hill doesn't have quite the same speed or they don't have quite the same, you know, Travis Kelsey's not playing as well. Where are you reading? That's on the dark The web. speculation. Yes, and so Mahomes feels like he has to do a little bit more. I think there's a chance to take the ball away from Patrick Mahomes. I do, too. I do, too. He is not going to shy away from any throw. No. Well, and he just holds the ball, and so I think there's time. a chance. You know, if you can get there with four, you send a blitz occasionally. We've seen Kyle Fuller come on corner blitzes a lot. Yeah. There, but, if, but, but listen, if, if you can rush with four and get pressure instead of having to bring five guys, obviously it's easier to cover. Yeah. And so if the Broncos can do that, major advantage for them. Eric, one thing that uh, we usually talk about is uh, for some reason when you play the Chiefs, there tends to be like moments where you're like, if, if you get off the field here, that would be huge. And then somehow Kelsey makes some kind of crazy play. And you're just like, ha! Right? What do you do? That's what I do. But what what is that? Ha! Oh, yeah. Okay. Or it's like Tyreek does something crazy and he catches a crazy pass or Mahomes throws it left-handed or or they do something crazy but it always comes down to like a play and then they just execute they're good you got to avoid those the Broncos have made those plays this year more than they have yeah in the the past past. against the Chargers they made those plays Broncos have been really good against teams going for it on fourth down yeah and and I will say too when a team makes one of those plays they've responded the right way like the job That fourth and yeah, four that Justin crazy. Herbert, yeah. I mean, he's running around in the backfield for yeah. 35 minutes. Like if, if you were going to leave the game early and drive down to, like, the training facility from the stadium, you probably could have made it down there. During the, that play? In, during that play. Wait, leave the game? Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but but if you were going to. You could have done it in that You could have done it during that time. And, I, but the point is there that they, they made that play, and the Broncos held them without a point. Yeah. Uh, my next question to you, and you, I think you know how to, I feel about this. Loyal listeners, NZ Nation knows how I feel about this, but all off-season, Eric. You know, when I leave the facility, which is late. Why do you after leave? After a long day of work. Yeah. I look up, I look up and I see Vic is still in his office. Yep. Off-season, still in his office. Yep. Today, I'm coming over to the brewery. He's still in his office. The brewery? If if I were him, all I would do in the off season and for a large, just a large portion of my time, would be spent. How do I stop the Kansas City Chiefs? He's done a good job. He has. We talked about job. that earlier. I mean, he's but, done a nice job slowing down Patrick Mahomes, and you've given yourself a chance. And last year, I don't mean this in a bad way, Phil. The Broncos really had no business being in that game. Yeah, with as many injuries as they had, you're going to. Kansas Sunday City, football? yeah, in prime time. I mean that you didn't have a, you should not have been in that game. Yeah, and they were leading for most of it. They looked really good. A couple mistakes. You choose not to go for it on fourth down from about the fifty on fourth and three. Yep. It comes back to bite you. But I mean, they played a really good game. They are a better team than they were a year ago. I, I think if this were just any team with this talent level. I would be unsure how to think, but because we've seen Vic Fangio slow down Patrick Mahomes before, I kind of think that paired with how this team's playing, you got a real good chance. I'm not guaranteeing a win or anything, but no, I just but I think feel, that you should feel I would be better su- than you have in recent years. I would be surprised if this was not a, a really competitive game. Yeah, 
No, I agree. We uh, we got f- about five minutes left in the show, Eric. Coming to you uh, live from Breckenridge Brewery's farmhouse. Trying to make it a farm home. We're in uh, Littleton off of Santa Fe and Brewery Lane. Lane. We're also live on the Broncos' YouTube page, and we're at, uh, answering some fan questions here. Dallas Face Mullet. That's definitely one of your we friends. we got some interesting. Says, uh, that I don't know what looks face, delicious. What's the difference between a face mullet and a regular mullet? It's a party. It's in the front? There's business in the forehead. The chin, party in the chin. I don't got know. it. Um, he says that beer looks delicious. It's a Broncos Country Hoppy Pale Ale. Also says uh, we got to score more points than the Chiefs Sunday night if we expect to win. That's a good point. Face mullet, you have a, good, a point. good point. That's definitely one of your friends. Huh? I, why don't your friends listen to this? They do, but Ben Swanson, I told him. You don't, don't comment. Don't uh, Wyatt R., let's go Broncos. This is going to be a tough game for sure. If the Broncos prepare well, put in the 100% effort, we can for sure win this game. If we don't win, let's bring it to OT. Not another Dallas week. I think he's saying don't have, he or she is saying don't. Oh, after a big win. Yeah, don't fall flat. After a big win. Got yeah. it. I got it. I got it. Thank you, Wyatt. Phil, I got one for you, unless there's a really nice one. There's a couple more here. Money okay. more, run game, and pass protection will decide this game. Money more. Okay. Uh, Laz Shannon, once again, we can beat the Chiefs if we don't let the, the win get to our heads. I feel our offensive line is doing a lot better, even with backup in there. I agree. Agreed. Uh, Kylam one 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 two. That's like Justin Simmons. Yeah. The Just whole seven s- digits off. Uh, the whole season for everybody has been pr- unpredictable. So I honestly think anything can happen with the Broncos. I agree. This has been a weird season. <coughs> There's been like, all sorts of upsets. The Bills have looked like amazing, and then they've also looked terrible. Yep. The Ravens have looked amazing and then looked terrible. The Titans are going through a little stretch here. The Chiefs went through a stretch earlier. Well, the Titans are just know? banged up. They're, I mean, the their Patriots enti- their are entire are offense a, is hurt. Are hot right now. So here's here's my question. I'll submit it through the YouTube comments if I need to. Oh, hold on, one question. Okay. Dallas face mullet says a face mullet is a biker beard. That's a biker beard. I still don't know what that is. Respect the biker beard. Beard? Beard. Yeah. A beard. It's like a long... Got it. Did uh, Tim... Let's just respect that. Ever say... Tim Nor? Yeah, Tim Nor. Tim Nor. Yeah, did did we get a a first or last name from Tim Nor? Hit me with your question. Okay. Uh, Earlier this season, Von Von Miller used to be on this team. They have not won yet. Curse of Von Miller. We'll get into that later. Curse of Von Miller. Um, He said the Ravens game felt like a playoff game. To me, this really feels like Like as close to a playoff game. This is the biggest game since when, in your opinion? Uh, I think that just considering everything that's happened the last five years, it's the biggest game since the Super Bowl. Wow. I would say. Which Super Bowl? Last year's Super Bowl? No, no, no. Super Bowl 50 for the Broncos. Got it. I I would agree with you. I I just think that uh, the stakes are The 11 consecutive losses to the Chiefs makes it one thing. The fact that the Broncos have a winning record right now and an opportunity to be first place in the division. uh, The fact that it's against a a rival in prime time, you know, on the road. The the makings of this, uh, it's all come together for just what should be an all-time classic clash. The Broncos have not held first place in the division this late in the year since 2015. So, I mean, that that kind of speaks to it. And, I, you know, like in retrospect, we said the Dallas win is probably the, either the biggest or second biggest yeah. since Super Bowl 50. But this, we're, t- we're talking about kind of the lead-up to this the game. Is, and the yeah. lead-up to this game, to this one, the hype that's around it. Yeah, I agree. It, it's, the only other one I can kind of think exciting. of is against Kansas City in 2016. I think it was Week 10. The overtime loss. The overtime game. That, that was close. The Benny Fowler. The Benny Fowler. But that, at the time, you weren't like, we're going to be without the playoffs for five years. You know, it just, the stakes didn't feel as high. Like you mentioned, this this is amplified because of everything that has happened. Yeah. And, and the Broncos struggles the last five years. Yes. Right. That's the fact. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, it's all come together for what is going to be an exciting week here. Just lo- breaking down this matchup. 
Eric, in December, breaking down football games that really matter. It's all we it's want. Awesome. It's all we it's ask awesome. for at the beginning of the year. Uh, Tim Nar does not answer and just says, good stream, guys. Drive home safe. <laughs> Dallas face mullet. Tim Nor is a genius. I like it. I like it when NZ Nation interacts interact. with NZ Nation. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate it. So Tom Magnetti uh, just has no time for us on Mondays. No. Uh, thank you, everybody who uh, commented. We really appreciate it. That's that what makes this show fun. And we're talking about meaningful football here. It's a lot of fun. What makes the other show fun? Uh, that we just really dissect football. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think <laughs> Sounds entertaining. That's what makes this show fun, though. And we've got voicemails coming up for Thursday, so that's also fun there. So uh, That is going to do it for us. Our thanks to uh, Roya Burton helping uh, get this show on the air. Yep. Uh, ben Swanson. It. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ben Swanson for uh, trying to get the questions to us. Yeah, he, sh- he showed up, which still is trying kind of half the job. Still trying out uh, for podcast supervisor. Yep. But uh, a lot of fun here at Breckenridge Brewery's Farmhouse. Trying to make Littleton it a farm home. Off Santa Fe and Brewery Lane. We'll be back on Thursday with more of a breakdown of the Chiefs game. Until then, for Eric Dalala, I'm Phil Milani. You've been listening to... The, the neutral, neutral Zone. zone.